Welcome to Rainmakers. Now to our host, Carl Grant. Welcome to Rainmakers. I'm here with Kyle McQuiggan. He's a strategic relationship manager with Aronson, a regional accounting firm in Maryland, a suburb of Washington, D.C. Welcome, Kyle. Hi, Carl. Thanks for having me today. You bet. So to remind our listeners, this is a podcast about business development. When we're going to feature the best and the brightest in, in business development across a wide variety of industries and ask them how they do what they do. And I'm pleased to have Kyle on. I, I take some pride in Kyle. He's he's probably the youngest guest we've had on the, the program. Kyle's 30 years old. So he's, you know, approaching the prime of his career here. Um, and I met Kyle when he was uh, a practicing accountant, but I, I saw that he was really good at business development. Do you remember when we met Kyle? I do. I remember uh, coming to your office out in Reston, Virginia, uh, with my tail between my legs a bit, flattered that you take half an hour to, to give me some advice on maybe how to get into a career in business development. Well, Kyle really set himself apart to me because he told me that he grew up on on um, the Chesapeake Bay near Annapolis. And I was a member of a boat club at the time, and I was just starting to explore the Chesapeake Bay. And heck, if Kyle didn't take, I don't know how long you took, Kyle, or if that's an email you had already written for somebody else, but he wrote me this long two-page email that gave me every place I should visit on the Chesapeake Bay, every restaurant I should eat at, where I should park the boat, everything. And I, and I was just blown away that, that, that this person who I just met would take the time to do this for me. I actually took that email, printed it out and followed it and went to visit all those places and had the best time. But I knew when, when you did that, that you were different than other people. You went out of your way to help people. And I've noticed in my business development career, I really kind of got ahead by, by being helpful to other people. And, and you seem more helpful than me. So talk to me a little bit about when the light went off that you like to do business development instead of accounting. Sure. No, that a great tee up. And I'm glad to hear that some of those recommendations were worthwhile. Um, but no, it, it really came into, I was a third or fourth year, I think first year senior associate, but third or fourth year employee with a large big four CPA firm. And I went to my relationship partner, my evaluation partner and said, hey, I think I really like people. My favorite part of this job is meeting with process, or meeting with our clients, building relationships with them and figuring out how to help them. How could I do more of that and maybe be more on the sales side and, and be less focused on reviewing numbers and uh, profit and loss statements 70 hours a week? And uh, the partner said, Kyle, you can do that. You've just got 10 more years of this. Just keep doing this for 10 more years and, and you can do what I do, which is sales and business development. And, you know, I was just wired and didn't love sitting at a desk quietly all day. I like people. I like interacting with people and uh, just kind of felt like I was not in the right position. So decided to, with conversations with you and, and others, uh, move on and try getting into business development and see if I could have some success being out in a business development capacity rather than the traditional track in public accounting, which is many years of honing your craft as an auditor with a hope of getting into a BD type role later on in your career. And so when you launched out to do this, I provided some mentorship for you. And, you know, it's great to tell people what I do and what works for me, but I want to know 
what things you've tried, perhaps that I've told you, perhaps that you've discovered on your own that have worked and what hasn't worked? Sure. No, that's a great, great question. And I would say for me being really early in my career, when I first met you and and certainly still now, uh, several years later, the hardest part is building a network and getting people to remember you and getting people to stick. To your point, people are busy. People are always focused on, hey, I need to do X, Y, and Z to help myself get to where I need to be in my career and personal life first. So to get them to remember uh, a baby-faced kid who they just met and, uh, and get things to stick, you have to do certain activities and actions to get people to remember you. To me, uh, Carl, it's like you said, help them, truly help them invest time in the relationship when it makes sense to invest time in that relationship and build it and focus on growing it and get that person to remember you and like you and want to help you. And, and by doing that, that has helped me tremendously. I've had to do it in significant volume and I've had to figure out who are people that are, are worth investing time in because eventually you do stretch yourself thin and you can't invest deeply in every relationship. But when done with tact and focus, you can really build deep relationships where people are willing to help you and help you to continue to build your network and, and be successful out in this, this uh, career path. And what has not worked for you? Sure. Uh, that's, that's a great question. Um, I would say investing in relationships that just aren't going anywhere, right? I can think of, I remember when I first got into it, someone said, Kyle, you need to build referral relationships of people that are close to an activity that can refer work to you. So at that point in time, I was selling services geared towards M&A readiness, and key people are M&A attorneys and investment banks. And on paper, the people had the best opportunity to refer work to me, and they had tons of activity and volume and traffic. They just didn't really seem that interested in meeting with me or, or what I had to offer. And maybe they had many relationships like me, or maybe it just wasn't the right fit, but I continued to try to invest in that relationship and build it, and it just went nowhere. I would say you need to continue to build and have good faith that you're going to be able to get traction with people you meet. But sometimes you really need to look back and say, this is on, per- on paper, a per- person for me to meet. This just isn't working. You need to move on because you can't invest all your time in relationships where there's just no, no future activity or traction. Uh-huh. Well, I find a lot of those types of um, individuals, and in, particularly in M&A, they're transactional individuals. They're not relational in- individuals. So if you show up with a deal for them, they will talk with you about the deal. But if you show up with a relationship for them, they're just not interested in going there. And and it's a whole different type of person. I would say you're more of a relational type of person and you're more of a giver than a taker. I, you know, I'm overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that you send my way and I feel like I don't reciprocate. I, I know that somebody's good at doing this when they do that to me because usually I'm the guy who's doing the giving, not the receiving. And so you're particularly good at that. Do you do you replicate that type of activity across your network or is that just for, for me that I see? No, I try to. I really do. I think you probably gave me the advice, Carl, early on that you want to plant a lot of seeds and eventually you'll have so many that bear fruit that it's more than you can even handle. And that's my goal, to spread spread and plant seeds very wide and deep across my entire network. And so far, so good. This has been the best year in my professional career. I'll be a, a pretty short one um, comparatively, but the best one to date. And looking at where the activity and opportunities came from, 
I think I've seen 30 pieces of business from 30 different individuals, plus just relationships that I've grown on my own. And it's, again, your, to your point, I always say, hey, if you can send me an audit opportunity or a tax opportunity, that's great. But short of that, I'm young enough. I have enough tread on the tires. I don't need a direct referral. I just need to meet people that can buy from me one day or refer me to people that can buy me from me one day. And I just need to invest in building that relationship, adding value, and truly being helpful along the way. Uh, one thing I learned about, um, about doing that, Carl, that I found to be interesting is I focus so much on helping people that I have people that I say, hey, I can help introduce you to potential sales or sources of capital. And people think that I'm going to charge them for, for that. And I'm, I'm just doing this to help, right? In, in a goal of adding value in the relationship and building goodwill. And hey, when people around me are succeeding, I tend to succeed too by virtue of them uh, doing well out in the world. Yeah, so I, I did what you're doing uh, at a, a large accounting firm. I, I did it at PricewaterhouseCoopers. And, and I've always said that every successful company is going to need an audit. They're going to need tax. Nobody wants to buy that stuff. Like nobody wants to be sold an audit or tax. Um, and so you've got to have a reason other than, you know, you're the audit and tax sales guy that they want to meet with you. Right. I mean, and so one of the mantras I, I and I'm going to put you in the spot here. So think about it, uh, Kyle. Um, I say you got to have a personal value proposition, a reason somebody wants to introduce you other than you can sell them audit and tax. Have you figured that out? Uh, you know, have do you have a, a reason that somebody would want to to introduce you to to somebody? Sure. Yeah, and it it varies by industry. So I work primarily in government contracting and technology companies that are commercially focused and typically going after venture financing. In the tech space, it's not so dissimilar to you, Carl. I learned from the best. Uh, be connected to venture funds. Be connected to people that can buy from your clients and help make introductions to those people. That's my value proposition is I know 100 plus venture funds. And broadly on the sales front, I'm connected to thousands of people. Um, very rarely do I meet someone that's selling something that's so obscure that I can't find at least one executive contact in my network that I can make an introduction to. Very rarely. It's happened one time. Uh, and I remember that company the best because I'm still trying to figure out who I can introduce them to. But back to my point about sometimes it's just not a fit. You can't help everybody or, or maybe it's just not, there's not an avenue there. Mm -hmm. You know, that business, I just, I think uh, if I couldn't find some of my network, it's probably a sign that I shouldn't invest too much time and it's just too deep and too far away from, from where I can spend time. So connectivity, um, connectivity is, is your personal value prop proposition that, similar to mine. Yeah, that's exactly it. Be it. And it's Carl, it's exactly what you told me to do when I first sat down with you at that uh, half hour meeting out in Reston, Virginia, it's no people that need jobs, right? This year alone, I've helped someone find a job as a CFO. I've helped someone find a job as an entry-level customer success rep for a client of ours. When you can do that, everybody wins. So, and by the way, I can sleep at night knowing I did the best I could every day, truly, genuinely tried to help people be successful in their capacity. And I've won some business along the way by doing that, but it feels great knowing I can sleep at night and I'm not a used car salesman peddling audits and tax. Mm -hmm. well, it's, it's always good to help somebody find a job. But what I have found, Kyle, is that strategically finding people jobs, right? It, so, so the people that can buy from you in the future, right? So, so rather than, I mean, if you, if you found everybody in the world a job, you would 
you wouldn't do anything else other than find people jobs. But if you, if, if CFOs buy from you, right, helping a CFO or a controller find their next position is very strategic to what you do, right? Like for me, I work at a law firm, finding a gen, have, having a general counsel find a new job or a deputy general counsel or the CFO. A lot, a lot of times these companies don't have a general counsel or a CEO or COO, anybody in that suite that, that buys you know, or influences legal services or boards of directors. And so have you thought about refining your approach to those job placements? Yeah, no. So I would say it is heavily focused on the um, the CFO and finance driven caliber type person. And, and really, it's anyone in that department, right? So it's very difficult to find accounting managers and senior accountants. And my goal is either help the CFO find their job, or if I know they're looking to make their first hire, maybe they've, they've raised a series A and they've got to go out and hire a senior accountant or someone to run the books. If I have people in my network, which you know I, I do tend to have a decent network of, I'm glad to make intros there. To your point, Carl, I can't go out and just be a, a free executive recruiter for accounting and finance professionals across my network. But you know, I'll get a few resumes a year. I'll put them on a, a folder. And as people ask me if I know anyone, I'll share them. Um, but the CFO does tend to be the absolute most, um, most, most sought after. The other one is a little bit different, but given that many of our clients don't even have a full-time CFO in place when they go to hire us, typically it is the CEO or founder that will be in a capacity to hire us. So I marry my success in, I always like to ask, what are the challenges that are impacting you today? What's the biggest challenge of the business? And if it's talent and labor, if I come across an interesting resume that I know is a strategic fit for their business, be it on the sales side, uh, in the government contracting space, oftentimes it's uh, computer programmers and developers with certain, um, certain things on their resume that make them attractive to certain pockets of the federal government. If I can send that type of talent to them, I know I'm helping to solve a problem. They're going to remember you because how many finance and accounting guys are coming to you with a, a deeply focused computer developer that solves some of the nation's challenges? It's just doing what makes them happy and solves their problems. The more I can solve that, just by meeting people out, the better off everyone will be as a result of that. So let's talk about warm versus cold selling. You, you, you told me earlier this year that you had experimented with some cold calling, and I don't think it was going so well for you. So talk, talk to me a little bit about warm versus cold. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's something that um, our firm likes, the activity of getting out and, and showing the effort of getting in front of new business. And for me, this was, it's 2020, right? Um, we went from, I was out networking, meeting people, getting warm intros in, in February of 2020 to I woke up in mid-March and there was no networking happening, none for the foreseeable future. And everyone's in panic mode about the, the potential economic crisis ahead. So for me, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, oh my gosh, how am I going to get in front of new business and new opportunities? Why don't I start making some calls or, or sending some cold LinkedIn messages or cold emails? And uh, I think my success rate was 0%. Even right. when using the, I know people, I can connect you and this, that, and the other, it just wasn't working. Um, and honestly, it, it still just doesn't work for me. Uh, I've tailored my message. I've asked CEOs after they say, Kyle, I'm so glad we met. I'm so glad I was able to get introduced to a VC or a potential sale. How can I help you? And I say, look, just tell your friends that I do this because me sending a cold email saying I can connect you with people 
most CEOs have told me they thought I was trying to sell them something. They thought I was trying mm-hmm. to sell them my network and sell them access to my network. And I can't do that in my profession. I just, I want to help. That's, yep. that's my goal. So Kyle, you, you graduated from university of Maryland, right? Yes. Uh, any advice for some young person, maybe sitting over at university of Maryland says, wow, I like, I like the sound of what he's talking about. What advice would you have for that person? Sure. No, that's a, a good question. I'll answer it in, in two different ways, Carl. So when I was going to evaluate leaving my job with the big four as an accountant, um, I remember putting together a resume and sending it over to my dad, who's an engineer. My dad's been an engineer at a nuclear power plant for 30 or 40 years. And he said, Kyle, the first network you have on here is networking. What the heck is networking? No one networks. No one will pay you to network. So I took his advice and I deleted networking off my resume. Uh And, you know, the advice I would give you is everyone says have a mentor, right? Have a couple mentors from different backgrounds, different walks of life. Pick people that look like what you want to be one day. Get advice from them. I would highly encourage you to do that because while my father gave me great advice, he encouraged me to go to Maryland, get a degree as a CPA or as an accountant and now CPA. It's the best advice I've, I've gotten because it's a great career and I've learned a ton about business by doing so. But his advice that nobody will hire you to network couldn't have been further off. I do nothing but network 40, 50, 60 hours a week, some weeks, and mm-hmm. I love it. And it, it, it's all I do. And it is a job and it is a career path. So the advice I'd give you is um, find people that look like what you want to do or that you can hear what they do and learn from them because no one, there isn't a career path for business development. There isn't a career path for what we do for a living, Carl. I didn't know that networking and meeting people and connecting people, which is something I'm just naturally uh, gravitated to do, was an, was an area or a career I could have. And had I talked to more people and not just um, been stuck in a very traditional path where out of the 400 accounting majors I graduated with at Maryland, probably 95% of them went to the big four. It's, it's a great career path. It gets people jobs. It's great for the university, but don't be afraid to ask around and look at other career paths or other ideas and just see what else is out there in business before getting swept into kind of the, the cookie cutter path, which is great, but maybe not for everybody. Kyle, that's great advice. I want to thank Kyle McQuiggan, Strategic Relationship Manager for Aronson. You could find the link to his LinkedIn in the show uh, bio and uh, please reach out to him. I want to encourage the listeners today. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you really liked it, please rate it and share it with your friends on social media. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Carl. You have been listening to Brain Makers with Carl Grant. Grant. 